Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable, and that's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back, and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Hong Kong. But it's not Hong Kong that we're talking about today, it's actually North Korea. The uh, International Business Times has just come out with a, an, an article, it was um, uh, posted just a couple days ago, uh, January 23rd, uh, we're doing this recording at the end of January, uh, but the Chinese have identified North Korea as being involved in the murder of a pastor from, from uh, Chengbai Church in the northeastern part of China of Jilin province. This is an area that we've been working in for many years. Uh, we have individuals, I have personally not worked together with this pastor, but we have people that we have been working together with that have been working with this pastor. Um, basically, he was found uh, chopped up in an area um, uh, in North Korea in Jilin province in the forest and his, his, his face had been chopped by axes and basically what the storyline is is that he had been told by the North Koreans to not continue working together with the refugees that have been fleeing out of North Korea and actually when the North Koreans were uh, repatriated back in North Korea by the Chinese, um, North Korea, the government would question these individuals that were being repatriated. They would question them of whether they came in contact with underground house church Christians. Pastor Han, who was the pastor of the largest church in Chengbai, uh, began to work together with Christian mission organizations in China to start underground house churches for North Korean refugees who were able to make it across the river from North Korea into China. Now, there have been several North Koreans uh, make it from North Korea into China looking for a better life. And in fact, right now, if you go onto YouTube, you can see interviews that are done with North Korean refugees who are currently living in South Korea. And the majority of them feel that they would have rather stayed in China than go back to North Korea. Of course, they know if they go back to North Korea, they would, many of them would die or suffer or be tortured. So, uh, many people, uh, many of the refugees who come across North Korea would rather stay in north, uh, in northern part of China. But um, for safety reasons, they end up finding their way to South Korea. But those that make it to South Korea, many of them say, I would have rather stayed in China. Many of them say that for many reasons. One is that South Korea is so vastly different than North Korea. The, the culture the people, the, the, the ambitions that they have on a daily basis are much, much different. The rules that they have, the, their lifestyle, their way of living. Even though you have one people group, they've been divided um, at the 38th parallel for so long that you have 
one culture, one people, one language, one history that have been divided for so long uh, that one side given freedom to Christians and one side persecuting Christians, that they are so completely different. Now over a period of about 50 years, 60 years, uh, uh, the Korean War taking place in the 1950s, um, now over a period of about 60 years, there, there's nothing similar between the two Koreas except for maybe the language. And even that is vastly different because uh, the language as it grew in the free market of South Korea changed dramatically compared to that which basically hovered within the communists. And they have so many uh, words in their vocabulary now in North Korea that have to do with communism and so many words in the daily vocabulary of those in South Korea that have to do with capitalism. So that when these North Korean refugees arrive in South Korea, the the world that they are exposed to is completely different. And they find themselves in a much more familiar territory, a system that they can understand a lot better, a language that is not so vastly different from the one that they use in South Korea when they arrive in China as refugees. So many of the refugees from North Korea would rather stay in China. And the underground house churches help them to adapt to life inside of China, but unlike Western countries, especially for, for instance, America, where um, individuals who are not citizens and don't have papers to be citizens, when they are in uh, America, you can basically function um, in certain cities, especially cities that have been called sanctuary cities. Cities that are sanctuary cities will not enforce the law as it pertains to um, uh, immigration. And so because of that, an illegal immigrant can live a relatively, not completely, but a relatively normal life inside of the United States, whereas in China, zip, zilch, no, nada. If you don't have the right papers, you cannot attend school. Chinese can't even attend Chinese schools if they're not in the right area. If their parents have ID cards that are from Hunan province and you're living in Shanghai as a migrant worker, we say migrant instead of immigrant because many Chinese um, are not allowed to leave their area. Maybe on their ID card, they're identified as a farmer or a factory worker in Hunan province. So therefore, they can't be a construction worker living in Shanghai without government approval. And because of that, the Chinese try to restrict on where Chinese can live, but with the migration that is taking place because of the super wealth that has hit the cities uh, with with the bringing in of the capitalist ideas and, of course, the explosion of the underground house church, we have seen a huge, the largest human migration in the history of the world has been taking place inside of China. I'm I'm sorry if I'm talking a little fast. I hope a lot of this information is is understood by our audience um, that is listening. I will try to repeat some things, uh, but there's a there's there there's something that is taking place that is important for you to understand when it comes to North Korea and the way that North Korea operates inside of China. And one of the things that is very important to understand is that Chinese cannot live wherever they want to live. They are heavily restricted on their ability to migrate from point A to point B. So if you live in Stockholm, Sweden, and you decide to move to Uppsala, um, that is a choice that you make. 
If you live in Phoenix, Arizona, and you decide to take your family to Indianapolis, Indiana, that is a choice that you can make. The government is not really involved in that decision. And in fact, if you would like to move to another country, that is your responsibility to arrange for your visa and for you to go. When you leave from the United States, you do not even go through immigration. When I leave from most countries, when I leave from uh, Sweden or I leave from Hong Kong or I leave from Singapore, whenever I leave those countries, I have immigration when I come in. And I have immigration when I leave out. But that's not the case in America. You leaving the country, you do not go through immigration. The immigration officers aren't really concerned where you're going. That's your responsibility. They're not really concerned if you're moving to Spain to take a job or if you are moving to Japan to study. Uh, that is not the concern of the U.S. immigration. That's, that's your business. Uh, but that is not the case inside of China. If you want to move from Zhengzhou to Guangzhou, you have to have the permission on your ID card or else your children will not be able to attend primary school. Uh, you will not be able to rent in most cases or buy houses. Um, these things are heavily restricted. And because of that, it's even worse if you are not a Chinese citizen and you are a, a, a refugee from North Korea. So a refugee living inside of China can do so with the aid of underground house church movement that is uh, helping uh, these refugees plug into society to get jobs, to uh, get apartments, to uh, raise families, to um, and and maybe even possibly make it into South Korea or to the United States. Where if you, uh, as a North Korean, arrive in the U.S., you get auto or arrive in U.S. domain areas such as the U.S. Embassy, you get automatic um, citizenship or. Maybe not citizenship, but automatic like green card or visa in order to go to the United States. With that, it's been very, very difficult for the refugees who come from North Korea to um, settle inside of China. But many of them so desperately want to. They want to settle inside of China, as can be understood from many of the North Koreans that are interviewed that come into South Korea. Pastors like Pastor Chan from uh, Changbai in China, who was murdered and killed last year and now is being reported on by the International Business Times that, um, in fact, China has identified North Korea as being directly involved with his murder, meaning that they sent um, mercenaries to go and get him. And the storyline goes like this. North Korean government sent at least two people, maybe more, but at least two who had gone to Pastor Chan. Pastor Chan had been warned before to stop aiding the refugees. And when the refugees are repatriated back to North Korea, one of the first things that they're asked is, have you had um, access or have you had exposure or have you been approached by anyone from the underground house church inside of China. This is a huge, real fear for those living in North Korea right now because so many of these North Korean refugees are leaving North Korea for good only to find Christ, see their life changed, and to decide to go back to their hometown, to tell their families about Jesus, and to share the good news of Jesus Christ in this dark, dark country. We're seeing this. 
We're seeing this with the people that we are working together with. This is a very real concern of the North Korean government. So this isn't just me saying that this is taking place. This isn't just me talking about missions and, and you know, um, maybe uh, talking evangelistically as many missions do and talk about people getting saved and changing the country and blah, 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 but actually having no evidence. The government is concerned. The, the things that I've been sharing about Back to Jerusalem missionaries, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ inside of North Korea, is a very real concern for the North Koreans because they are seeing churches starting up underground and they're not able to control it. And because of that, they told this pastor in Chungbai, knock it off. Stop reaching out to the refugees. They're basically saying, stop helping our people. I mean, that, that is the mindset of the Communist Party. They would rather see their people starve and die in a foreign land than to be exposed to the message of Jesus Christ. Why? Because a dead North Korean refugee is really no concern to North Koreans. But a North Korean who receives Christ is a completely different animal. He is explosive. He has been given something that the North Koreans have taken away from their people, and that is hope. If they have hope, they become very dangerous individuals for the Communist Party. If they have hope, they become explosive. They become radical. And they become contagious. Individuals inside of North Korea that have absolutely no hope all of a sudden living in darkness see somebody who is a carrier of the light. They see somebody who is a vessel that is carrying uh, the light of the world and all of a sudden like a moth to a light bulb they become attracted to it and they start moving in towards that light that is shining and they want to have a little bit of what it is that they have and that is hope. And if they have that hope they become extremely dangerous to the North Korean Communist Party. They no longer are assets that can come in and work at a factory or work on a farm and be able to produce for the party. Now they become a very serious liability. They become an individual that can cause problems, that can rock the boat. Rock the boat with what? Your, your, your economy is in the tank, dude. Your, your country absolutely sucks. The, 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 the leader is enriching himself on the sweat and the blood and the tears of the people. There's really, you can't go any lower as a country. You got people dying on a regular basis from starvation. There's, there's really nothing that you can do any worse as a leader or as a leadership party for your nation. These guys aren't going to make it worse. They're going to make it better. Look at South Korea. Look at what South Korea has gained by blessing their Christians. They've become one of the most wealthiest nations in the world, not just Asia. I'm doing this recording right now using a Samsung mobile phone. Made in South Korea, made by the South Koreans. I am benefiting from their technology. Oftentimes when I go and I rent a car, they, they, they put me in a Kia or a Hyundai 
or a, a, a South Korean vehicle. South Korea is blessing the world with the products that they're able to come out with. They're making medical breakthroughs. They're making scientific and biological breakthroughs. What has North Korea done for the rest of the world? They are not contributing to society. Why? Because they're so focused on eradicating the light of Jesus Christ. And when they focus on eradicating the light of Jesus Christ, they end up living in darkness. And if anything, they become a liability for the rest of the world. Now it's the responsibility of the rest of the world to provide food and aid and, and, and help for North Korea. Instead of North Korea actually being able to help others, they're not even able to help themselves. And that is one of the things that we see for any nation that lives in darkness. So... When you think of North Korea and you think of the, the pastors that we just talked about that have been killed inside of China, continue to pray for Back to Jerusalem. Continue to follow us online and see what is taking place with the Back to Jerusalem missionaries inside of North Korea. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for your prayers. May this podcast just continue to be a, a wealth of information for those of you that are wanting to know more about what's taking place on the mission field. Thank you so much for joining us once again for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Hong Kong. God bless you. Mm-hmm.